Welcome to the Property Development Book Club podcast. Please be advised that panel members are expressing their own views and opinions, which should not be construed as advice. The audience must carry out their own research and consult an appointed professional for advice. In this episode of the Property Development Book Club podcast, we are discussing the next generation and how to get them infused in the industry, but also get them into the industry. First of all, um, I'd like to introduce the the team. I'm Hattie, I work for a a prop tech startup. Faith? Faith Lotkin, I am a development professional, but also founder of We Rise In, a business that helps uh, get mid to senior black professionals up to senior levels in industry. Hi, my name is Nathan King. I'm a property um, agent, so senior development consultant. Hi, I'm Amalip Kalra, and I'm an architect and urban designer and an associate at B First. Hi, I'm Bolog Methan. I'm a structural engineer and director of Tissing Engineers. Hi, I'm Hannah Afolabi. I'm a development director and the founder of Black Women in Real Estate. Uh, uh, a membership group for black women in the industry to connect, empower and grow each other. Hi everyone, I'm Adobolia Demolake. I am uh, A-Lake. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But um, I'm also a senior development manager. I'm also charter planning and development surveyor and we look forward to talking to you today. Thanks team. Right, so I wanted to look at this particularly through the lens of the housing crisis. Our young people aware of the supply crunch. We've got here in this room people who are actively every day solving that. I was thinking, has anyone actually counted how many units as a team? Like, it must be in the tens. I would say tens of You've got 1,200. I'm saying we're in tens of 2,000. About 8,000. 8,000? He's got his hands in the top. Oh, yeah. The point is, like, the team here, doing what we can to help the housing crisis and to help younger people, but it's not going to be solved in our generation. We need the next generation to, to come forward and to become part of, uh, part of what we're doing. So how do we, how do we get them? Are they, are they aware? I think, um, I'd like to come to you first. You <laughs> came from a different industry, the car industry and some other industries. How yes. did you find your way here? It was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that um, the good news is that I studied build, a BTEC in construction. I did mm-hmm. a building surveying degree. Um, but I graduated in a recession. And because of that, I had to segue in different directions. Mm-hmm. And then it was only through an unfortunate... Um, I, got, I worked with GlaxoSmith & Klein and I got fired. Yeah. Um, and when that happened, that got me back into... Like, focusing on getting into development. Yeah. So I just feel that um, for all the young generation, I just hope that if, if you are interested in getting into property, it is extremely important that you stay focused because you're going to go in various different directions depending on where we are in the economy. Mm, yeah. I remember yeah. I met Adewale when he was doing his master's. Do you remember? 2012-13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met APC. <laughs> yeah. I met him doing his masters and he's like, yeah, I'm getting into development and you was excited about it and then mm-hmm. only now you've navigated to Mm. real good positions etc etc yeah could you take this opportunity to talk about your own journey because that's similar my my journey i wanted to get into property like a lot of people they want to get into property but they don't know what to do because it's a big industry etc so i wanted to get into property 
and then I started off in property management and then from property management I started off my own deal sourcing company and with that deal sourcing company I had a passion for doing deals and then I wanted to get into the commercial and development sector because that's where the real money so I wanted to see that kind of money and I wanted to be involved in those sort of projects commercial units pubs and things like that however the, there was a massive barrier like mm-hmm. I couldn't break through mm-hmm. I was speaking to recruiters I was applying for jobs literally couldn't get through and then thankfully I met someone on Gumtree um, City and Counties commercial big up City and Counties and through there my director there Tom Castro really really took me on and just mentored me through but the company at the time was a startup and then we've built it to what it is now so the only opportunity was through a startup and if I wanted to go to a big corporate I could not get through unless I went to do a degree and that was accredited and and that's what really annoys me about uh, the industry um, is that you know, for me, I loved Homes Under the Hammer. Uh, that was my show. Like, literally, I look forward to school holidays, 10 a.m. I'll be there, you see what I love. You know, and I really liked the idea of, um, you know, taking taking a house, making it home, um, doing that kind of thing. I like the financial aspect of it. I like that, you know, these people are making money whilst also providing homes for people. Um, but because you didn't study at school, you know, at school you were kind of pushed down towards the kind of traditional roots. Back home, Ugandan, African mother, it was, you know, doctor, lawyer, you know, that real estate wasn't considered a viable career. Um, and then it, it took me kind of, actually I went left, I went, I did languages, I did Spanish and Mandarin, um, <laughs> but kept my enthusiasm for, for real estate I in, whilst at university, I switched around my um, university schedule so I could have Tuesdays off, and I basically sent letters out, emails out to all the local estate agents. I was like, I'll work for free. I just want to get in. Um, and yeah, did one day a week as a resi sales agent. Loved it. Um, used that to get into Savills, um, uh like commercial development internship. Uh, then I interned in Shanghai when I was there, when I was living in China, I was there, um, at Chapman Taylor actually, an architectural firm, um, and then came back, did all the graduate scheme, but it was literally me, it took me Googling, you know, careers in property to find surveying, to then find my way in. So if you know, you know, the, you know what's interesting, you will laugh, he was going to laugh at this, I've known him for like 12, 13 years, mm. yeah. when he was a lot younger, mm. yeah, because one of our good friends goes, they go to the same church, so in short, I remember asking, what do you want to do? I want to get into property. And I looked in his eyes. He was young and he was so convinced. I said, goodness me. (laughs) I've never seen someone with so much conviction. And I think that just leading on to what you said, Faith, um, around the whole point around um, knowing what you want, Mm -hmm. I think generally speaking, to get into property, you need to know that that is what you wanted to do Mm -hmm. and you need to be relentless at working towards it. Because Nathan was young and in my opinion, I don't think he even knew how he was going to get into it. But his conviction got him there. And I think that's the same with you and that's the same with me as well. But what about all the good people who would be amazing in the industry, but either maybe don't know about it as um, as a potential or just don't actually have that conviction and we're missing because you know you guys have to graft you really had to like find your way there we're missing out good people who 
just don't know that that's what they want. It starts with schools, isn't it? Mentorship. We've been saying that as a company, that the the talent that we have within our company are not from the traditional roots. It's from people. The guy, one of one of the guys that works at our company, he he was working at Waitrose before he came. Even though he has a rich degree, he had to navigate his way and then go into a large corporate. They may not have given him a chance, but when he came to us, we were able to take him on, and he's amazing, really really good. Mm. And I think um, with the op- a lot of people have the opportunity if you go to a private school you'll see someone that's in property or <laughs> a dad or a mom who's in property and it's the exposure is one of the barriers not the main barrier yeah. but it's one of the main one of the main barriers yes. whereby people do not know what is available to them yeah. if they were to pursue a career yeah. in property I've said this at the RICS and I say it every time they ask you know what can we do to get mate the RICS, Royal Institution of Child Surveyors, um, at the moment, in order to become a child surveyor, you have to have uh, an RICS accredited degree. And I've said this to them, they need to just wipe that one out. Just, because to be, no, genuinely, you do your degree, and then you come into the workplace, and the practical element is completely different. You're basically mm. learning again on the job. Mm. So why not just get rid of the fact that you need an RICS accredited degree and actually just support people in learning on the job? It's the same thing with architecture. It's it's. People always talk about how long it takes to become an architect. Mm. Oh yes, seven, seven years, isn't it? Eight, yeah, seven, seven, you might as well be a doctor. It's actually <laughs> seven years. It's, it's, it's seven years longer. as a minimum, but yeah. most people can't do it that quick because yeah. it's not possible. But architecture is actually said to be recently. There was articles about it. More elite to get into architecture than it is to get into Oxbridge. Yeah. Wow. yeah. 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 And that's so is it architecture as a as a profession, as a profession, as a profession yeah. to get qualified to go through yeah, the process? And that's due to a lot of things: financial barriers, exposure to what you were just saying about yeah. actually figures, leadership figures, or parents or networks. You know, most of my peers in when I was studying architecture, they had an uncle, friend, or someone who had a job lined up for them in some way, or a mm. door open for them as soon as yeah. Mm. And, and that's that's like that. Make they they're kind of living it, not cushy, but had a really simple kind of route to cushion A lot there. of people also say that people, and you will hear this as well, is it's a it's a rich man's hobby. Mm. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Especially with the salaries. Massive. The salaries yeah. are not it high. Is. It is. Yeah. So, I, so yeah. I studied architecture mm. on Did part you? one yeah, at the <laughs> University of Sheffield. And like, it was probably the first time I had felt othered in my whole life. Like wow. I grew up down the road from here in Haggerston. I was one of four ethnic minorities in my year. There was only one um, one uh, Asian uh, lecturer, um, and then the rest, the year above and the year below, I think there was like two other like ethnic minorities. And this is like University of Sheffield. You come in and the language they're using is oh, different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they that. they have an idea about how housing is. Mm-hmm. They have an idea about what is. Um, the way people should live and I remember doing a housing project and I grew up in a council estate so I was like it's it's best to be on the ground floor because you can get out of your house mm. quickly <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this is how you want to be on the ground floor like, no that's the way you have the le- lack of security and I looked around the room none of them had ever lived in a council estate yeah. no. and the tutor's telling me I'm wrong like I have a lived experience of wow. this and all of them looking at me like I'm crazy, crazy. Yeah. and so I think like I mean I didn't have the confidence to challenge like as as much as I do now especially when if I'm it talking, was to, now. My <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking right. to my architects but <laughs> like honestly like I think 
I think, and, and then also, you go through architecture as, as an undergrad, it has no relation to the actual practical oh, world. 100%. And so I, I went to work in Nigeria for a year, and they still do it traditionally, where the architect's also the project manager. Yeah. And the best part for the job of, for me anyway, was going onto the construction site, climbing up scaffolding. Mm. If I hadn't gone to work in Nigeria, I don't think I would ever be in the property industry at, at all, because I wouldn't have known there was another route to, yeah. to work with, work in the built environment because I had thought architecture was the only way in I mean mm -hmm. that was the only like um, education route in that I, had, I was even yeah. aware of so at what point did you realize that you didn't need to do architecture to it was when I was in Nigeria when I was actually just doing the project management side mm -hmm. of it because okay. there were people who had just said like especially within, within the firm they would give the drawings to all the juniors <laughs> and did the, the door schedule window schedule and then the, the um, then they would be the ones on site facing mm. in on meetings mm. and I just tagged along to those ones and I was like I don't want to do a, a bathroom or a, <laughs> a, a door detail this is like I'm tired of looking at lines on CAD like yeah. I want to go out onto site um, and so like I, that's how I kind of like like decided that when I was coming back I would just focus on the development management side of things and I would still be able to actually probably influence more of the design than if I was an architect, at sure. least in the UK, yeah. because you don't get the traditional architecture um, uh, roles and responsibilities. Like back in the day, the architects were doing everything. Now everything is segmented into specialisms. Yeah. Yeah. But also like parents see, well, particularly mine and, and a lot of sort of Asian family background, architecture is put into that category of arts. Mm. It's put into that ca category of great really? subject. That don't make money. Yeah. 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 They, don't, away. they don't. It's like money. I used to think architects like make loads no, no, of money. No, no, they don't. They genuinely they don't. don't. They also they you know what? I'll have to. I will have to disagree on that. Yeah. Really? If you look at um, some of the fees that we make and some <laughs> no, of the that's, why, work that's from, why I thought hmm? architects take, make loads of money because you know typically yes. on a development appraisal they like yeah, architects don't make architects don't make money. But then when you actually we have to we have to we have to draw a line and obviously I know this is segueing away from the conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but architects, architectural practices make a lot of money. The yeah. question, do they know how to manage that money? But also the no, question no, no, is yeah. who? Because if you've got mm. a brand name architect, yes. that one individual most likely will make a lot of money. Make a lot of money. Yes. But it's like I the I, careers I, element. Yeah, it's when you yeah. walk past I, I walk past the Foster and Partners offices a lot and you can just see rows and rows of people just there their laptops yeah. and it'll be like nine o'clock on a Saturday night and it's those people. But, um, but, okay, go. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was going I was actually gonna say going back to Amandeep's point about like um about the, the the classism within architecture and actually you're not making loads of money. You need to have someone backing you. So yeah. most the people, the exactly. Hobby, so you have most of the most of the students either their parents are architects or something or they have money. They're coming yeah. from somewhere who can support their career. Hundred yeah, percent. Because not only are you like it's not only expensive as a degree and the amount of years. You have to spend so much money presenting your ideas that get trashed. Yeah. Someone needs to support. Yeah, someone needs Printing, to support. Printing models, uh, site You have to pay for your tutors to go there. Yeah. I had, I had I had three jobs throughout all my degrees mm. to make ends meet. Yeah. And whilst my peers either were, you know, they, they were fully supported by their family, mm. and I was on loans, etc. And, and also my my jobs were also to support my family as well yeah. as myself, yeah. of course. So and imagine putting that burden through running a household and family, mm. running a job. 
that's all that additional time three days in a week I can't do work whatever everyone else is churning out three more days of work yeah. and yeah. you are at a disadvantage because simply because of the situation you come from financially yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, Bola, you are a structural engineer and obviously similarly needed to go through a lot of education because that's a very serious important <laughs> role can you talk about your perspective mm, on that. Yeah, I mean, um, it's similar to what most people say in here in terms of exposure is important, okay? Mm -hmm. So um, at, at a young age, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I was good at art, um, I liked sports. Um, there wasn't a job that mixed the two together. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to choose, you know. And I was like, what is the and then um, and it's interesting you say that although you just it's interesting you say yeah. that because actually um, I found a way now where I mean part of my growing up also is um, going to church being a Christian and so on and so forth right and um, now I've managed to find my way into engineering um, I've got no one in the family as a structural yeah. engineering um, I am working in sports yeah, I'm working on churches. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually doing things that interest me in a different mm. way. And I think that's the key mm. thing in terms of the next gen, because lots of people want to do various things, you know. Lots of people see lawyers, see doctors, musicians, um, sports. Um, mm. But actually, there's lots of different ways you can still be involved mm. yeah. in those industries. Industry. And I think yeah. the, point, the point is, is that actually, if you strive for something and it's maybe not quite where you're going to get to there are different avenues to still stay within that industry and, and you found it when mm -hmm. you went to nigeria yeah you know? yeah and really i think the point there is that um one thing we mentioned today is about support okay mm -hmm. so support throughout the journey of getting to somewhere it's not going to be a case of a straight line mm -hmm. there's going to be loads of downs here but mm -hmm. having a network of people that can help you get there and it's just little things like um, telling you just you know um, on unwritten rules of you know yes. interviews you know yes. how to yes. professional etiquette yeah, yeah yes. etiquette of interviews yeah. how do you what do you do you know um, even in university how what you should be um, you know how you should do your work stuff like that and it's 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 the exposure it's the support and it's the networking I yeah. I believe mm. but. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I could not agree more in terms of um, understanding that, you know, real estate, particularly when people say like, what does a surveyor do? There are lots of different bits. You could be a surveyor, a general practice, and you could do investment. You could be an agent. You mm -hmm. could be um, a development professional, advising, valuer. There's all these different elements that, you know, you might have a passion or a skill that once you've kind of studied the general practice element of real estate, you can then hone in. Um, and, you know, I'll give an example of, you know, our, our, our host today, Hattie, you know, we trained together as commercial surveyors and now you've moved to work for a startup, you know, and you're doing something you're passionate about and creating amazing spaces. But, you know, I think as a someone at school, I wouldn't have necessarily known that you need to be a real estate professional to then go to that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, you can, it's a zigzag path, isn't it, really? And you know, like the more exciting roles about investment banking, mm. lawyers, mm. Yeah. doctors, mm. Um, sustainability, sustainability yeah. property development embodies all of it. So I'll give you an example. I have to read tons of legal agreements. I'm sure mm -hmm. you do. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. You're making it sound like that's something exciting. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. so, yeah. so yeah. I like the finance. You know, like, yeah. you see, see what I mean? So we talk about lawyers. We have to read legal agreements and we have to be very comfortable with those legal agreements. Yeah. So mm. easements, waylays, 
if you want, Google it, Google it. Mm. Type in where yeah. easement. The other element is we talk about investment banking. Investment banking is about money and return. Mm. Mm. That's what we deal with as property development professionals. Now, when you go into like um, every part of your life, listeners is involved involves someone that sits on this table. Mm. So it'd be someone that's if you built your house, someone that is um, um, planning your transport infrastructure to make sure you can go underneath the tube. It's likely a civil so a structural engineer. So I'm saying that um, I believe that if you look at the more prized possessions um, or prized roles like accountancy, lawyer, mm. and all the rest of it, a lot of us embody a lot of what the professionals, the other form of professionals are. Yeah. So I just think that it's, it's such an exciting remit. And I think mm. what you said, Bola, around loving sports, obviously loving church, I love church too, <laughs> and being able to do use your expertise for those purposes, yeah. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Just to follow on from that point though, um, we've talked a lot about the exposure to um, the property industry and um, Bola was mentioning one key point, which is the support. Mm. So a lot of these, um, a lot of the, the youth coming up, they don't get the support. Once they've got their exposure, they're like, that seems glamorous, how do mm. I do it? And even though we're like, yeah, it's easy, just go this way and it's fine. It's not like that for them. They're like, I think this is clear that it wasn't easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy, and you need that. And a lot of them, from my experience with dealing with the youth, that they have to have that mindset to start off with, and to to give them that mindset. Look, you can do this. Don't feel like you can't. You can do this, but it will take time. It's not going to happen overnight because we've got a microwave generation at the moment. Yeah. But the. The, the, it's not just about the exposure, it's also about the support. Because you know yeah, you said same. something about um, the working thing about, and, and I'm only giving my experience like, mm. one of my biggest failures when I was younger working is I didn't know how to operate in a working mm. environment. Mm. And I found myself in all the things <laughs> That's right, mate. I got myself fired because of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Men, like, you can learn. If you have the right mindset, I spent time reading books like reading a lot of books yeah. and watching and learning and if someone's dressing a certain way I'm like okay I need, to get, I need to get those two <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. let me get that let me get a double breasted yeah. <laughs> I, I counter some of that about actually individual expression mm. and I feel like there is this kind of developed western view of how a professional yes. both in terms of education in terms of this narrow view of western history and, and kind of what should be perceived as good design, good architecture, but also what a professional looks like. That's been shaped by the status quo. Mm. And I think we shouldn't be shy of, or, or, as, or you shouldn't be, to express yourself and kind of not be led down, well, this is what a tip archetypal professional in the built industry looks like. I do agree. Well, well, yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. I think the point that you might be about to make is about entry into the... I, I no. think it's, it's, it's a balance though, right? Because yeah. everyone balance. is about your self-expression, but you have to remember, especially if you're coming from an ethnic minority or a lower socioeconomic background, you're entering a sphere where you are different, like yes. fundamentally different. And so there are things that you have to do to adapt. How you speak to people, you know, is, is fundamental. Like even how you, you curate e emails, mm. let alone like picking up a phone mm. call and like how you ask for things in a polite manner that doesn't then get you called aggressive in mm. the in the background because mm. that actually limits your, your ability to yes. move up. So there's like, I definitely believe in self-expression and there's, there's an authenticity that should come. 
I do believe it's probably not what you do in your first year on the job. Yes. Suppress that until you have some in your in your experience. Yeah. Do not yeah. show them who you yeah. truly are. That's not the time. <laughs> <laughs> really not the time. But like eventually, yes. Like be authentic, but there's so much learning you have to do about the social aspect. And property is social, mm -hmm. full stop. Like having, you don't have to force conversations about skiing if you don't ski. Don't force conversation about cycling to yeah. mip him if you do not cycle to mip yeah. him. Like, don't Pumps do it. Up, yeah, oh, yeah. I talk right. about barbecuing in the weekend. Shooting. Go to church. Even then, like me dressing a certain way. I'm not pretending to be anyone. Like I've always been Nathan. Like yeah. I never changed for anyone. Yeah. The main thing is, like, if I was selling a development site and that someone came to me in a professional manner, they dressed a certain way in a business attire because yeah. they run a business, I'm gonna go, hmm, he's alright. What's he have to say now? And then now I'm listening to what he's saying. Mm. If someone comes in pajamas, I'm not gonna take them seriously. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, guess, I, guess, I, guess, I think there's etiquette and then mm. there is kind of Professional experiences and yeah, yeah, what yeah. you were saying about uni and, and you wanting to design a, a home on the ground floor, yeah. that comes from your experience and I think what you shouldn't um, forget is there's value in each of our lived experiences yeah. but there is also etiquette which means yeah. you're in different yeah. environments. Yeah. That. So I think, that, so I was going to say in the sense that um, you, you, I've gotten more outspoken the more senior I've got yeah. Yeah. because now I'm at a level where I'm like you know I've paid I've paid my dues <laughs> um, I've shown you that I've, I, I, I can, can do, do it. the yeah, job yeah, you know and I'm yeah. a good professional yeah. and then now it's about you know now that I've gotten to that level I recognise that there's people coming through that don't yet have that voice. Mm -hmm. So we're now at a level where we need to speak out on their behalf and hence why, you know, starting initiatives like Black Women, yeah. like We Rise In, like, you know, this this panel of, of people, mm -hmm. um, to make sure that, you know, those who can't speak are you know, it's being spoken for. But you're mm -hmm. right, I think we have to take up space and we have to be unapologetic as well. Yeah. So yeah. 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 as to what we're bringing yeah. because Amadeep's right, like our you know, our our backgrounds is important. Diversity of thought is important, yeah. particularly when we're designing Definitely. development yeah. schemes, yeah. making sure that you know people are thought about. Like, because wasn't you gave that example that time of where um, uh, so was it you or was there a scheme where they had a design of like the for visually impaired? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So like you, hundred percent diversity of thought is everything, especially when you know like, and I'll say this again, historically. It's been white men who have de who have designed our world. Mm. We need to change that because white men are the only people who occupy the world. Yeah. And so fundamentally, you need you need as many people around the table to di to to co collaborate on what our spaces end yeah. up looking like. Mm. That is fundamental. And so our self expression is everything. It's just as a junior or graduate coming in, just like learn first yeah. of the, about the culture you're working into and then like because not everyone's going to um congratulate you mm. for being authentically you mm. and like we have to just also remember that this panel is a mi minority in the industry and i don't want any of our listeners to, to go away and say okay i'm just going to be myself at work tomorrow <laughs> so, <laughs> come on with like tracky bottoms and a cap don't do that so, um, like, <laughs> the question uh, that this kind of leads us to is like this is this is amazing because we now have leaders who are showing people that there is 
presence and yeah. that can shape the industry differently. Yeah. Is there also space, as you say, Amandeep, in terms of your background, in terms of when you were being educated, this is the last question we'll come yeah. to, do we think there's space for actually financial support to help people in your situation, the way that um, you know, We Rise In provides professional support? Is there another way, to, like, how do we actually get people who who can't 100%. actually into the industry. There is loads of space and there's a lot of small initiatives that, I mean, there's yeah. two of my panel members doing great things already, but I can give you two, three examples that are being done in the architecture space of uh, a bit more grassroots movements on bringing people up um, into the industry. So there is two uh, initiatives right now. One is called the Reset Go Initiative and one is an Open City Accelerate program that takes groups of individuals 16 to 18 um, from sort of minority backgrounds of parents that haven't gone to education and or you know are on free school meals, give them a year-long program of exposure to the built environment and industry, building up their portfolio confidence, their critical challenge. When they then apply to university, they've got a year of that to put in to get yeah, into some good universities. Good. Yeah. So if I cast my mind back to when I applied for, I wanted to go to UCL because that was at that time London. That's the place to go, mm. right? What they wanted was an essay of a thousand words. Wow and six drawings. I was awful at writing, right? I wrote my thousand words, and I wrote about myself and a few things, and then I read another colleague of mine, a white male from, uh, and family of accountants living in Kew Gardens, um, this exceptional like thing about Caboussier and all, and, and I was like, how did you, oh, I've got an uncle. And I wrote, looked at both, and I was like, firstly, I have no idea what yours even says. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. I got rejected, and yeah. I got rejected to the, and I did, I did get into a good university I wanted to. But the point is that there's a support network there and there's lots of, lots of things happening now that are filling this space. There's also monetary things as well. There's a couple of organisations that are filling the uh, funding gap by giving scholarships targeted towards people um, yeah. that don't have money. I um, hope you've enjoyed the episodes you've seen so far. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the topics that we should cover in our next season. So please do send them through to us on social media and via our website. I'm Adewale Ademalake, founder at A Lake, which specializes in property development and development management. We are sponsoring the first season of the Property Development Book Club podcast, which will be out on all platforms soon. Um, so, Faith, I wanted to bring you in in terms of scholarships. How can we actually help younger people from backgrounds who can't afford the, let's say, architect, seven years of architecture? How can we get them into the industry? So I um, started WeWise In, um, and one of our kind of um, supporters is a company called Ch Chancery Gate. They are an asset manager um, and real estate developer, but they also have a foundation and they've set up a sort of scholarship specifically for black students who want to go to a university to study real estate and they're offering to pay for that university, like the university course, so it's I think £10,000 a year grant um, and, and just paying for, for the students to go through. There's other initiatives similar to mm. that. From a We Rise In perspective, we'd love to get to that point where we can provide out grants and, th and things like that and just encourage people yeah. from a monetary perspective to, to do real estate. And I think one thing that we can do is, I mean, Nathan, you look surprised <laughs> to hear that. I would have loved to have Yeah, that. and but so we need to shout, we need to make sure that people are hearing about these opportunities because they, you know, the examples you gave, they are there but they are few and far between. And Adewale, do you have some other um, tangible ways that we as professionals in the industry can help 
get the younger generation engaged? So I'll just break it up into two areas. Yeah. The first area is be visible as a professional. Yeah. So that might be social media, LinkedIn, um, all of those types of social medias and just be very clear and tell people what you do. And then the second thing is there's nothing stopping us from speaking at schools. Myself, mm. Bola, we're going to speak at Forest Gate School in May, I believe. Have you got the email yet? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're going to be speaking. And I think that sometimes those simple conversations, in my opinion, mm. Hattie, I think that it just allows people to visualise what you do. Because at the moment, if I said to someone, someone asked me, what do you do at the world? And I said, I'm a development manager. They'd be like, what do you do? Manage buildings. But mm. if they can spend time and have a conversation, Nathan did something recently where there was a young person and they took him around development sites with other developers. Yeah. That person can visualise what a property developer or agent does. Yeah. So I feel that if we can have more business owners, people in professions, I took some university students around some of my projects yeah. and allowed them to visualise what we physically do, mm. I reckon that makes all the difference. But yeah. yeah, speaking at schools I think is very important. Yeah, so I think that's, so for, for us as a takeaway here, it's let's give as much exposure we, as we can yes. about our industry and get people excited and then where we can and when, when we're in the positions financially as well to, to help bring people in. For sure, yeah. So, um... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> can you make a conclusion again so you, I can um, do that? Yeah, okay. So, um... So to conclude, I think that's really two key things we need to do. First of all, it's the exposure for young people. We all need to be speaking about what we're doing, helping people understand what the opportunities are so that they can have that drive that you guys talked about to absolutely uh, find, find the roles and go for them. And then secondly, it comes down to the monetary side and us actually in the positions that we, you know, when we can, really helping support people financially. Um, to come and change the future of the built environment. <laughs> Thank you very much um, for joining me today, team. Um, this has been the Property Development Book Club podcast, and um, see you next time. <laughs>